Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Manchester Football Social Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. Yeah, it's Wednesday, so it's a little bit different than normal. Normally it'd be the Wednesday club with Joe and Steve or Alex. Uh, but because of the game last night, City being at Hoffenheim, we've swapped things around. Last night you might have heard me live in Germany uh, on the, shall we call it the Tuesday club for one week, on the Tuesday club, updating uh, anybody who was listening at that time with what the latest was, if you couldn't get to a, a TV or whatever. Uh, but tonight it is forever blue, so it's all Manchester City. Uh, unapologetically, by the way, for the next hour. Later on, we'll be speaking to uh, two City uh, heroes. Uh, if I use the word legend, some people get upset about it, but I am going to introduce my studio guest with that word. But anyway, let's just say two City heroes, Rodney Marsh, always got an opinion. He'll be coming up a little bit later on. And Darren Huckabee, who can uh, forget that his contribution in the Kevin Keegan era and that fantastic turn of pace he had as well. I know he's a bit of a, a hero at two or three football clubs, but Darren will always be a hero of mine too at City. But the legend that is, David White, is sat with me in the studio. And uh, I can only cope with one legend in a programme anyway, so you'll have to do, Dave. You can be it if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. So... Evening. City obviously have, uh, have played two games. Uh, it feels like um, I'm, I'm still over there because I was up at two o'clock this morning having had three hours sleep to get to the airport to come here and here I am, <laughs> still going. Uh, but 2-1 victory, snatched right at the end. What, what did you make of the performance against Hoffenheim? Yeah, it was a good game. It, it's um, obviously an exciting game, brilliant. You know, we, we were speaking before we came on on air about the... Uh, the prolific rise for 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 Hoffenheim, absolutely incredible what that football club's done, and and uh, just looking at your your uh, your vlog, they look so interesting. You the the trip you had, so it was great to see that. Really exciting, and, and it was uh, there was certainly obviously a very very difficult start, and and, and Hoffenheim made a, a real good fist of it. I thought it made it made it difficult. I didn't think that we looked uh, fantastic at times, but we we kept at it, uh, kept attacking them, and in. I think everybody just believed that we, the goal would come, and eventually it did, which was uh, really, really important. To be fair, wasn't it? I'm sure once we start, absolutely. I'm sure when we start talking to Rodney, he'll have opinions on this. So I'm going to ask you before Rodney comes into the equation. Um, obviously, we had Laporte at left back, and Liverpool we know only too well is coming up as the big challenge on Sunday. But Benjamin Mendy's still injured. Um, and whether he's going to make it or not, I don't know. Fabian Delph is also injured, it seems, at the moment. Zinchenko was available and was on the bench last night. 
Danilo was on the bench last night, and I've mentioned in the past that I personally think that maybe playing Danilo at left might, might work. But he went Louis Laporte in that game last night. So what, what did you make of Laporte? What did you what do you make of that area? I don't I don't like a, a big centre half playing left back. It just you know whenever you see it, it just doesn't doesn't seem to work for me to be honest with you. Um, so no, I, I thought Zinchenko did okay at the weekend. Uh, you know he always he always seems to do okay. I think in a in a game against Liverpool and a, you know a real sort of passing game they'll be they'll, they'll be uh, moving the ball around quickly he's good at that I think uh, obviously some fantastic players they're playing against but uh, if he's good enough to be in our 25 he should be hopefully good enough to cope in the big game so uh, the fact you know, that Salah's on that side and he's likely to cut in when you played you played on your right foot on the right wing yep. these days sometimes these players play on the opposite side don't they yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I think Laporte would struggle with that probably more than Zinchenko would. You know, Zinchenko is, is you know small in stature; he'll, he'd be able to get around his feet. I think uh, the size of Laporte makes him makes him difficult to do that. I think he's he's more left sided uh, than maybe we'd like him to be. Uh, you know, put him in there as a left sided uh, centre half in a two or a three, and he does a good job. Um, but I, I wouldn't like to see him playing there at the weekend. To be honest with you. Obviously, the, the the game is is huge coming up on on Sunday. But last time, last week, there's been two games in between times. Relatively straightforward home victory against Brighton. This hard earned in the end victory against Hoffenheim. What sort of mood do you think City are in are in this going going into going to the Anfield game? I think I think the mood's got to be good. I don't, I don't think we've been brilliant at any stage this season. But but and we've probably been. I, I, I would. I mean, you know, I'm a great. Lover of uh, Fernandinho, but I think uh, you know De Bruyne is in his absence has shown how important he is. Obviously, as a creative player, he's certainly a world class player, and, and I think the energy he adds defensively into into that midfield and the way he he helps uh, Fernandinho in, in his defensive role because he, he has got so much energy and he's uh, he's you know he's, he's got some aggression in his game as well. And I think that's a that's been a big miss as much as the the attacking uh, prowess of De Bruyne so it's fantastic to see him back in the squad whether back you know back training with lads whether he's going to be available for Sunday and 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 if he is available whether he's going to risk him is is another matter but to to miss probably your most influential player i think it's i think having seen his um, his absence from the team i think i can say that uh, with some confidence that he, he probably is that uh, and to still be top of the league and obviously a, a mishap in the first game, but uh, you know it, it was important. We got that got that win and got that goal late on yesterday. But you know I think we're all confident we'll uh, we'll come out of the, the the group stage of the Champions League. So I think um, we've got, we've got to be reasonably happy given all that. Gundogan appears to have picked up a bit of an injury yesterday. We don't know the extent of that yet. Uh, when he went off, John Stones played in midfield, and they, they went to a back three actually. Um, do you think City need to have a sit? You know, you as you say, you're a big fan of Fernandinho, as I am. Do, do at Anfield, does City need a second? When I said defensive midfield, it doesn't have to be you know completely defensive, but somebody with that mind. And, and in the absence of Gundogan, who would that be? Yeah, well, I don't think Gundogan's the, the guy to do that anyway. I think you know we do. Even yesterday in the second half, we we do have a lot of similar players. Don't that's the way Pep like, likes to play. So when you see us attacking. Um, it's sometimes difficult to even work out who's on the ball because they do play very, very similar. But I think the games last year against Liverpool and going back over the last five, six years, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm still a great believer of that. In in the really big games, 
you've got to be a little bit more cautious. And, and uh, so, so yeah, and, I, and, I, and I've also said for a long time that John Stones is, is capable of doing that role. If, if, if Delph was fit, you know, he may be ideal to come into and, and supplement that. But, uh, um, and whether, again, De Bruyne, De Bruyne clearly gives a lot more defensively than, than we maybe believed he did. So I, I would I would definitely say you've uh, you've got to think about that that second midfield player as being a bit more defensive minded. Yeah, I know. You, last week against Brighton, you were in the uh, Mary D's, and I know you you <coughs> loved it in there. It was uh, great, yeah. Really <laughs> did enjoy it. Signing copies of the book, which uh, which I know you've been really excited about as well. It's going well, presumably. That is it. It's going okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's just been. Good. I mean, to be to be dead honest, it's it's just been good. Um, not, I don't think reconnecting is the right word, but connecting with a, a you know a lot more city fans, and, and we've been doing that over over social media, and we've been hand delivering some books by. Uh, well, how's that? What's that like when you turn <clears throat> up at somebody's door and you hello, and they open the door? I mean, well, well to, to be honest, what tends to happen is that that you'll I'll, I'll turn up at the door, um, and I'll, it'll either be that whoever I'm delivering the book for, it'll be their husband or their wife that answer the door. And they just think I'm a postman, so they just get the book <laughs> off me, and then I'll I'll get my way. And then ten fifteen minutes later, later I'll get a message from the person who the book was intended for going absolutely mad with his partner or her partner, saying I've just had a right go at her. She, she didn't believe who it was. She, so, uh, so, so when you get there, do you go um, hello? I, I'm David no, White. I couldn't. No, I couldn't. Because I can't imagine no. you being like that. No, I, I couldn't possibly do that. I, you know, to, to be honest with you, it it's some. I'll, I'll have a pile of. Maybe twenty twenty five books that are all. You don't hold the book up with the picture on the front and go. <laughs> no, can you see the resemblance here? Yeah, there isn't much of a resemblance anymore. To <laughs> the um, no, the the books are all in uh, in envelopes, and I'm, I sit there with a pile of twenty five thirty books, and I think, do, can I be bothered going to the post office and going through the rigmarole of getting all the addresses and telling the? To be to be fair, the the guy who worked with at the post office is great. He just takes them off me, but. Uh, I just think, let's get in the car, I'll get this done in two hours. And normally ten hours later, I'm still, I'm still at it. <laughs> it gets me, out, gets me out of the house. The kids go mad, I've got uh, little girls, we're going delivering books. And then they, they just want, they want to put the first one through the door and then after that they just want to go home. Well, and what's, the, what's your favourite story? What, when you've got to a house, you know, have you, have you been invited in for tea and everything? What, tell us some, what, there's well, got to be a story. This, to be honest, I've, I've had just quite quite a lot of really good timing ones. There, there was there was uh, certainly one guy, and I, I apologise for not remembering his name, but I know he'd um, the the day we ordered the book, he, he he'd, he'd taken ill, I think, and he, he was rushed to hospital. And we were trying to get the book the the book either to the hospital for him or um, obviously back to back to his house. And uh, and and to be honest with you, the the uh, the name kind of. We we eventually decided it just we just needed to deliver it. I was liaison, I think, with his step with his uh, son-in-law, and then um, so it, it just ended up in a in a, a big list of books we need that needed to go out, and uh, so it stuck it in the car. We went driving around, and I actually got to his house about half an hour after he'd got home from hospital, which was which was really nice. And I walked in, and it it was unplanned, but it looked brilliant. <laughs> and so so just uh, just a few like that, and 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 to be honest, just a lot of. A lot of embarrassment of when people got everyone's going. Sorry about the kitchen. Sorry about the lounge. Sorry because you know we don't we don't always everybody just tidy up. After, you know you're not you're not expecting um, maybe a celebrity to, to just, walk in, yeah, just to turn up. So we've we've had fun and games with it, and uh, it's been good, and people people have appreciated it. 
but then everybody expects it and obviously I can't I'd love to be able to do that but I can't unfortunately Sounds like great fun. Uh, another subject I wanted to bring up tonight is, uh, it's only broken really this afternoon, uh, City's game against Fulham in the next round of the Carabao Cup has been arranged now. Now, for those who don't understand, um, City were due to play Tottenham, um, which was of course going to be at their new stadium, and it was selected for TV on the Sunday of the week. The following midweek was where the League Cup fourth round was. Um, so obviously, depending if City beat Oxford, which they did, mm -hmm. which now means that they're at home to Fulham. But because that Tottenham game can't be at the new stadium because it's not ready, it's going to be at Wembley, which is being used for an NFL game, American football. Is, yeah. So the game's moved back to Monday night, which means that given that you've got to have 48 hours gap between games, City can't play as they would have done perhaps at home on the Wednesday against Fulham. It's on the Thursday, which then has the added repercussion that City's home game against Southampton in the league the following Saturday now has to be moved to the Sunday. Now, some people might say, well, it doesn't, won't really affect City fans, but there will be City fans who travel from further away or are coming back from a holiday or perhaps are going out on holiday the following, following day who assumed... And another small print will say something like, always subject to change. But once the Sky Games have been selected, you assume that that means you... And I think that's a legitimate assumption to no, make. It, it, it and you make your plan. Is, yeah. So City and Southampton fans, and there'll be Southampton fans, obviously, and you know we're all one football family who will be affected by this, who book cheap train tickets. And, and well, I mean, it flabbergasts me. Why did Tottenham not have to be either punished or, or made to pay for all this. I absolutely agree. Or, or, or find somewhere to play the game on the Sunday. Cause I'm, I'm sure they must be somewhere. You, you know, even if it, it's got to be a smaller ground that maybe only accommodates 20,000 fans or just that's where you're going to have to play and that's, you know, that's going to be your, your financial punishment because ultimately they've moved it to... Uh, a, Oh, what is it, 90,000 Wembley? Yeah. No, they, and the Tottenham fans, by the way, have got to pay more. They bought crazy. a season yeah. ticket and they've got to pay a supplement to play it at Wembley. And, and I believe the FA, are, are, you know, have got a real do out of it as well because, you know, they've the, the, the original contract and, and, and ultimately Tottenham had nowhere else to go, did they? So they, 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 their sort of bargaining position was... Was, was awful with the FA um, and I think the FA made the most of that as well. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you and uh, there has to be a point uh, at which you say because I was having this conversation with um, a friend the other day, and he, his his pal was coming over from somewhere, and he, they, all they've just they've just looked at the fixtures, and this is I think December thirteenth of December. You might know what that game is. Not being selected for TV. Yes, yeah. correct. And he and he said Saturday it's three o'clock kickoff, and I, I, I said you don't know that, and he said no, I do. It's because it's published. It says I said, but look, they all say three o'clock on the Saturday. Two of them won't be three o'clock on the Saturday and two of them will be on the Sunday. So only of those ten games, uh, only five of them will be three o'clock on the Saturday. You know, there'll be a half one game, there'll be an half five maybe, there'll be a two, four o'clock, even sometimes a twelve o'clock and there'll be a Monday night game. So until those games are selected. So I don't think people but, even... But that's the key bit. Until those games, yeah. are, once they're selected... I totally agree with you. Absolutely, absolutely totally agree with you. And, it, and it's... It's completely, um, it's completely wrong for your, your average football fan to, the, to be the person that suffers. Absolutely. And they'll suffer. Even if they, there was some kind of compensation scheme, it would never cover all the, you know, changing holidays. And, you, you know, they'd, they'd never ever be that type of scheme where you could say, well, I've had to cancel a £3,000 holiday, by the way, and I'm, I'm, you know, losing fortunes. 
So, no, I'm absolutely with you on that. They should have just said that's you have to play the game that day. To be fair to City, who've, uh, who've there's nothing they've done wrong, obviously. Um, I know that for the game at Tottenham, uh, they've offered compensation to people who've committed to, to and can prove that they've booked train tickets and yeah. they've lost money, which is all credit to them. They've also put free transport on. So applause to them, but it shouldn't be City that have to do that, should yeah, it? it? absolutely shouldn't be. It, it should be Tottenham or the Premier League or Scout, yeah. whoever. It, it absolutely shouldn't be the city, every City fan or, or City, and it, and it would seem that there's only City that are doing the right thing in this. Um, because it's their fans that are suffering, and that that is absolutely wrong. We're going to talk more to David White. Obviously, the, uh, the uh, Liverpool game coming up on Sunday is going to be a big talking point in a minute or two. Later on, we've got Darren Hooker being right after this. We're going to be talking live to the pool, uh, no doubt, Tampa pool, with a pina colada in his hand, <laughs> of Rodney Marsh. Excess Manchester. Uh, well, here's the Wednesday club, but it's also forever blue. For one night only, we've moved to Wednesday because I was in Germany yesterday at Hoffenheim reporting on that early kickoff as well. Um, and obviously City won that game 2-1. 2-0 win at the weekend against Brighton. But we're going to look ahead as well to the game against Arsenal. On uh, Sorry, Arsenal. I keep saying Arsenal. To Liverpool. Maybe it would be easier if it was Arsenal um, on Sunday. Uh, David White is with me, the City legend. And talking about uh, City heroes, here's another one. Uh, Rodney Marsh joining us from, from Tampa. I assume you're in Tampa, Rod? Hello, Cheesy. Yes, I am indeed. Indeed. Lovely. Uh, hopefully it's raining there. <laughs> yes, 80 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. Lovely. <laughs> right, anyway, talking about uh, City, uh, what have you made this season? I don't think we've spoken uh, on, on here, uh, certainly more than once this season. I'd be intrigued to know because City's season on the face of it is just as strong as any other season, yet there are some fans who, who say to me, not quite as looking as convincing. Is that all down to KDB? What, what have you made of it all? Um, I don't agree with that. Um, the the only hiccup I see as a performance was Wolves, where City weren't as at the races in that particular game. Other than that, Ian, um, I think its normal service has been resumed. Uh, if you look at the, the team performances this time last year, they're averaging three goals a game in the Premier League. Nobody averages three goals a game. No. So, you know, it's, uh, as I say, normal service is resumed. So what about the, the game on Sunday then? If normal service is resumed and everything's hunky-dory, uh, are City going to go to Anfield and lay the hoodoo? Because the record at Anfield... I mean, I've been going home and away for 45 years and I think I've seen City win at Anfield twice. It, yeah. it is definitely City's graveyard. Yeah, it does go back to when I played. Um, you know, I was captain of Man City when we lost 4-0, I think it was there, and got, got a right stuffing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's always been that way. Very few, very few great performances and great victories. Um, I do this, see this game as being a bit of a banana skin for, for Man City in this season. Um, not a betting man, as you know, Ian, but um, I wouldn't have City to win this one, buddy. Why is that then? I mean, I mean one of the uh, things we've talked about, David and I have touched on it tonight as well, is the left-back area. Is that a concern? No, the, 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 the overall, if you're analysing this particular game, you've got to look at uh, where the danger is. And, and if, you, if you're City and you're looking at Liverpool playing at home in front of their own crowd with a great record, where is the danger? Well, guess what? 
the danger is all over the field because if you, you get Andy Robertson coming through on the left-hand side, he can cross the ball like a winger can. You look at the right-hand side, you know, um, you've got three of the best players in Europe playing in the same team for, for, for Mino, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. And then you've got Shakiri on the bench and then you've got Daniel Sturridge scoring the one the goal last week um, against uh, Chelsea. So I think it's going to be a handful. I think it's going to be a real handful. What's the difference between the two teams then? Because in theory, you know, City have got Sane on one side, Sterling on the other, Aguero up front. I mean, there's not yeah. a huge difference, is there, between the attacking quality of City? And you've, you just said City get three goals a game. The attacking quality, it, you know, it, it's not much different between them. I couldn't agree more with you, Ian. I think Man City attack is outstanding. I, I, think, I think the way that Man City approach games is outstanding. That's not my point. My point is, is that when you go up against Liverpool at Anfield, they're going to be a handful because they can attack too. Now, I expect... The, the, the thing about this game is, Ian, in this particular game is, can either team keep a clean sheet? I mean, years gone by, you would say, of course they can, of course teams can, but they can't. In this, in this game, you know, it's very seldom that you see one of the teams keeping a clean sheet, isn't it? So um, there will be goals again. Um, it, it could even be a score draw. So Virgil van Dijk, as opposed to Vincent Kompany, is that, is that a huge uh, difference? Well, I, I would say I would take Vincent Company against your grandmother. <laughs> I think Vincent. What I mean by that is, is I love Vincent Company, and, and uh, he would be my number one uh, defender uh, around. And I know he's coming to the twilight of his career. And I know he can't play all the games, but Vincent Company is a magnificent tight, titan of a football player. Um, of course, Virgil Van Dijk isn't, isn't you know, is is a, a lot. Younger younger and he's playing great but but the comparison between the two is not is not off um you know i, th I think they're both great players so uh, one of the areas that i can't deny that i have question marks against you, and you share this david don't you is the left fullback position especially going into this game benjamin mendy great attacking player but at the moment injured and hasn't played so do you throw him straight into anfield young zinchenko nice footballer good left foot good cross field passes not necessarily an out and out. Well, he isn't an out and out defender. He isn't a defender, really. He's, he's more of an attacking player who's been pushed into that role. Fabian Delph, midfielder, moved to left back, done an adequate job, possibly got a bit of an injury as well. Danilo could play at left back. We saw Laporte play against left back against Hoffenheim. How do you solve a problem like Maria, or whatever the expression is? Let me jump in on that because I don't know any team in the history of football that has played five different left backs in the first five games. I, I actually don't know that. So um, that is a position that you'd have to say nobody has the lock in that position. Also, what uh, Pep Guardiola does, does brilliantly, by the way, is he rotates the system, doesn't he, as well? You know, sometimes it's three at the back. Um, this may be one of those games where you go three at the back here. But the other side of that coin is if you don't have an out-and-out -out left back, that player on the left-hand side who's a wing-back is now up against Mo Salah. Mo Salah going the other way is a handful there. So it's going to be a great game. Let's put it that way. What's your choice, David, for this left-back conundrum then? I think the, the, you, you certainly can. I don't think you can go three at the back and play Sarney on the left. Can you think that would be, be a big error? 
Um, yeah, I suppose your choices are. Um, are we saying Delph isn't going to be fit? Or well, let's just say Delph is fit, and you've got him as if, available. I think if Delph was fit, I'd probably stick in there and ask him to do pretty much a man-to-man on on Salah because he's probably capable of doing that. You've you've obviously got the the problem of him of Salah cutting on the cutting in on the inside. Was it totally ridiculous to play a right-footed player there? I don't know. It, it's as, as, as Roddy says, it's uh, it, it's kind of always been a position. Uh, for sort of many years, where we we've we've failed to sort of really get the right player there, haven't we? And, and uh, obviously, with with the purchase of Mendy, we thought we'd so, we thought we'd solve that. But I often look back to sort of Rodney's era and, and past that. And we had some we had some brilliant left fullbacks in Willie and, and I think Paul Power and Glynn before that. We you know we kind of had a tradition of, of fantastic left backs through the seventies and eighties, and, 80s and uh, we, it's just a position we, we we haven't been able to nail down. And yet, more recently, Clichy and Kolarov have had that role, and they both are left backs. It's not as if they're converted from another position. Very different styles. You might argue that Kolarov is a bit nearer to Mendy in the way that he played and bombing down the left and firing drives over. And City fans, a lot of them, weren't massive fans of Kolarov. Clichy had a great couple of seasons. But but obviously his time had, had gone. I think, I think in in kind of both fullback positions, when we got to the the real, I think when you get to a real big game, uh, you know, either in the league or, or in certainly any Champions League game, you know the eleven you want to put out, you know what your best system is, and you know the players that are, if maybe are going to be rested for those big games. And we never knew we were going to play right back, or we never knew we were going to play left back. There was always will it be him? Will it be him? And I think that's just a not you know not a healthy healthy place to be. And I think yeah, uh, and obviously. You guys, a question. Um, go, going going back again, we always have to go back to when we play because that's that's our history, uh, and that's where we know the best about the game. Um, when Malcolm Allison used to play away games in in Europe as opposed to home games, there was a completely different mentality in, in the way the teams were picked, and I know that for a fact. Um, do you think in the current game, guys, in Pep Guardiola's uh, day now, the modern game, do you think he has a different approach to away games at Anfield in the league that he would have uh, the home game back at uh, back at the Etihad? Do you think he's got a different approach? I think I think he should have, Redney. I think I think uh, we'll we'll find out maybe this week and how he approaches a, a real big game. I, th- I definitely. Personally, feel that that's over the last maybe five, six, six, seven years since we've been in Europe. That's that's where we've let ourselves down. We've we've picked, you know, we've gone into um, really big games with, for example, a, a Torre and a Nasri and Silver in midfield. I don't think you can ever win really big games when you when you, you you're sort of so gung ho like that in in uh, against the the real sort of giants. I think um, Guardiola. Has, has not done that in the past, but you know, obviously, back end of last season, that was that was the downfall in the Champions League, without without mm-hmm. any doubt. So I'd like to, I'd like to think he's he's maybe not. <laughs> obviously, far be it from me to tell Guardiola where to, where to learn, but I, I think if he, if he was a little bit more pragmatic like that, I think I think we'd have a better season in, in the uh, in Europe. I know you, Rodney, you were obviously a, a flair player, an attacking player. So, and I know, but I also follow you on Twitter, so I know you're a pragmatist and you you do look at defending. But I'm assuming that your first love is attacking football, and that's why you and I share an admiration for Pep Guardiola, like so many people do. But is this a time, do you think, in this game on this day, for Pep to 
not change his philosophy, but to be a bit more pragmatic? Does he have to play two holding midfielders? Does he have to have a left-back, whoever he picks, who isn't going to go bombing down the flank? And, and, and also say this to Kyle Walker a little bit too. Don't go just diving off and, and attacking every every opportunity. Sit a little bit, you know, sit and, and, and come away with a draw if you have to. Yeah, the thing about playing uh, two, two holding players, let's say, as an example, let's say it's Gundogan and Fernandinho. Uh, the problem with that is, of course, is, is how the other team play. Because when you play Liverpool, I mean, you've watched them play guys so many times. Bobby Firmino drops into the gap, doesn't he? He doesn't stay like an out-and-out striker in the old days, you know, where the centre-forward plays centre-forward. Firmino drops into a kind of a half a midfield role, doesn't he? So that gives you even more problems there. I, my, my question to you guys, I'll throw it back at you again, because it's a great debate, is 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 nil-nil Liverpool playing Man City, is nil-nil a bad result for Pep Guardiola? I don't think so. No, not at all. I, I think a, a, a good result, definitely. Uh, especially in the absence of Kevin De Bruyne. If Devin, Kevin De Bruyne was playing in this game mm. and, there were, and there were you know no issues about fitness of left-backs, I would say City should absolutely go for it and, and try and win the game. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do that now, but but with that just little bit of caution and be content to come away with a draw. Because if they go into the international break, having played all these games, if they get a draw at Anfield, they're top of the table going to this international break, unless Chelsea win by about 10-0 or something. But mm-hmm. well, what a position <laughs> to be in when KDB comes back. Well, that's why I said it, guys, because I would take nil-nil and go quietly. Now, it may be that City goes to Anfield and, and stuff them two or three, you know, but I, right now, before the ball is kicked, I would take nil-nil and go into an international break. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think if we, I, I genuinely believe if we go with that kind of mentality, we've, we've probably got more chance of winning the games. I think, I think if we go to... To try and take the game to them, and, and probably as we as we did in the league game last year, last year at Anfield, uh, there you know if you get stretched, uh, they are more than capable of scoring a handful of goals at Anfield, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Whereas uh, I, you know I think um, if we went with that more pragmatic approach, our, our attacking players are, are just as capable of them. I mean, everyone's talking about you know uh, Liverpool's front three being the best in Europe. Why? Why aren't our front three the best in Europe? this question guys because on my show in the states this morning we had so many people calling uh, uh, who were Liverpool fans calling the show in America um, and they were saying is, is Man City have a distinct advantage because they've had 24 hours more to recover from the European games what's your take on that well that's more of a question for you Rob because you're an ex-player I, I can't, what about you Dave well, at the end of the day, City have been over to uh, to Germany. You, you've done that trip. You've got. You, I'm tired. Believe, you know. So <laughs> it, it's um, it's all relative. I think it all depends on you know uh, going into. I suppose Liverpool played when they played. They're playing tonight, aren't they? Yeah. So it's. I don't know. It depends. Uh, it's not just the travel. It's not just that twenty four hours, is it? I think. I think um, sort of a Tuesday or Wednesday. If you're playing Saturday, that can make a difference. But this game's Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. So I think any any professional footballer at at, uh, at any level, if you've got four days of rest, 
that's more than enough. I don't think you, it you it hardly fun. ran Rodney, so you wouldn't have got tired playing two games in a week, well, would you? Well, no, it, it, it never affected me. But <laughs> <laughs> but but, but the, the the question would be, and it's a decent question. And and uh, you know, if you get as an example, you know, we, we've played the game. You, you go into a tackle and you get a knee in the thigh, and it's a little bit sore. It's always good to have 24 hours more rest, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, in your, in your day, back in the old days, you know, yeah, the, the team was the, yeah. pretty much the same team every week and we didn't have all these debates about whether they could play two games in a week. This modern, these modern players are over-pampered, peeled <laughs> grapes on the plane. They'll have had all that coming back, won't they? Hey listen, hey, listen, guys, listen to this. I hear this um, people say about the modern game and how, they, how hard they train and all this and all the technical stuff and all that. i tell you what I'm going to do with you right now. Nobody ever, when I first went to Manchester City, I could not believe, you know this, Ian, I could not believe how hard Manchester City trained. I, I came from Queen's Park Rangers, and if you tell me there's ever been a player as fit as fit a player as Colin Bell, I will argue every day of my life. Was that down to Derek Ibbotson or was that just Colin? Because Derek Ibbotson trained, didn't he, with you? Oh, no, but we, Derek Ibbotson, there was Joe Lancaster. We, we, listen to this. We had a marathon runner, Joe Lancaster, trained, trained Man City. That's how hard we trained. And you've got players like um, Colin and, and Mike Doyle and Alan Oakes. They were running like 15, so, 220 pile-offs on a Monday morning. Are you kidding me? How come you didn't run more than Rodney? That's the key question. On, I was always injured on Monday morning. <laughs> I remember in, um, in uh, going back to 89, we uh, did... At some point, the, um, the 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 manager Mel Machen and, and Tony Book decided that they, they needed to reintroduce this Monday morning running that you guys used to do. So it was laps and half laps. We, we we knew what it was, but uh, they decided that we needed to start doing it every Monday morning. So and uh, believe it or not, the first Monday morning they they scheduled it for was the Monday after when we beat United five one. So we we beat United five one. Obviously, everybody's yeah. totally euphoric. We've turned up on Monday morning expecting to be, you know, having a lager or, <laughs> or just head tennis in the gym, and they've thrown us straight into the lobster. They were so apologetic, Skip. He said, I'm so, I'm so sorry, but that's what you're doing through now. And I thought, oh, God's sake, Jesus, that's brilliant. <laughs> and look what happened there. Got beat 6-0 at Derby after about three or four weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> they were murderous, those runs. Uh, Rodney, yeah. we're going to let you go back yeah. to your pina colada in our poolside and enjoy that cloudless sky in Tampa. But thanks very much for joining us. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right, boys. Thanks, thanks Rodney. Cheers. Cheers, Rod. Uh, always worth listening to the views of Rodney Marsh. And, uh, and of course, if somebody has just joined us halfway that, through that conversation and thinks, well, I wish I'd heard it all the way from the start, there will be a podcast version of this programme and it is available throughout the world. So you don't even have to be in Manchester listening on 106.1 FM. And I will tweet out the link and I will put it on uh, the In Cheeseman Forever Blue podcast. I'm sure David will retweet it later on. So you'll be able to see uh, how to get that podcast. Uh, now, next up, we've got another city hero. We've got Mr. Darren Huckabee. Excess Manchester. Latest, I'm Nick Arkell. This is the Manchester Football Social. Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. 
Yeah, just in case you're a normal Wednesday listener and you're used to hearing uh, Joe McGrath and, uh, and also either me or Alex or Steve and you're thinking, what's happened? Well, because City played against Hoffenheim yesterday, for one week only, we've swapped Forever Blue, which is normally Tuesday 6 till 7, till Wednesday. Now, if you dip in on a Wednesday and you think, I quite like the sound of this, you'll find us every Tuesday between 6 and 7 talking Manchester City each and every week. I'm Ian Cheeseman, I've been watching City home and away for 45 years. And I've, alongside me is David White, former City winger. Of course, has his book out, Shades of Blue, available at all good bookstalls and directly from David who will deliver it to your door, especially <laughs> if you live in somewhere exotic. And no doubt he'll fly out, you know, on all expenses. I'll do that, no yeah. problem. And now we've got, talking about flying, we've got a flying, attacking winger, striker, whatever you want to call him. He's a legend everywhere he goes, but I remember him very, very fondly at City. Mr Darren Huckabee. Hiya, Darren. Uh, evening, gents. How are we doing? Okay. Evening, Darren. Now, um, Sorry, obviously, I know you were watching the game last night, and uh, and Leroy Sane, a bit Darren Huckabee-esque, ran at the defender, brought down by the goalkeeper, clear penalty. All the City fans bombard me with this is UEFA again. They're corrupt. This is everybody against City, and I tweeted out. Something like, well, you know, it'll increase the debate on VAR, it'll increase the debate on why City fans don't like UEFA. And your reply was? Well, I think it was just crap officiating, to be honest. I thought uh, <laughs> the, the referee was... Yeah, I think the referee was bad all the way through the game. I think a lot of times it seemed to be uh, giving decisions towards the other team. And you know, I thought City did really well to, to stay above it and just keep plugging away and... And then got the deserved result. From a distance then, because you can give us a little bit of a, a different perspective, City fans really strongly feel that UEFA are against them, that, that there is corruption, that that you know, that if VAR was introduced, um City at the moment in the Premier League, they claim, and, and I've seen the statistics, would be top of the league. Um do, do you feel as an agenda? I mean, you know, you've got you you're an ex City player. I know you're passionate about football and, and you're you're always talking about it. How do you view City from a distance? Is the world against them? Is, is VAR going to solve it all? I don't know. I think when you get to, to, to the top of everything, I think you know you, every decision is looked under a microscope. I think you know United years gone by where they was you know, winning everything. I think they, they felt the same that things didn't go the way or things went the way. So I think over a season it, it clears itself up, and you know City is still top of the league, and you know with a big game on Sunday, they're hoping that the decisions go their way, but. Like I say, if you keep plugging away, you've you know, got a lot of attacking players and you know, attacking players make things happen. And, you know, I'm sure City will be all right come the end of the season. Last night at Old Trafford, I, I was obviously in Hoffenheim. I didn't see it, but I, uh, and I saw the official gate of 75,000 and people were talking about, well, there were loads of empty seats and people weren't there. So I presume fans of all teams can get disillusioned, but City fans in particular don't seem to like the Champions League. I don't know whether you or David actually can understand that. What, why is that? I think it's probably because it, you know it's, when you've you know, there's two cup competition in England plus there's a league game. You know football's expensive and you know sometimes it, especially this on TV you, you can't always get people there. But you are playing against the best teams in the world. You should be looking at the best players in the world. So you know I'm sure come the later rounds that most grounds will be full. But you know, I watched the Man, Man United game after and I turned it off halfway through. I thought it was it was terrible. You know cause, considering the City game. Where it was all you know, free flowing, attacking people, trying to beat people. You know, that game was you know pretty boring. I know Mourinho sets up that way sometimes, but you can see why the Man United fans aren't happy at the minute. When you were at City, could you see this uh, in the future for the club? No, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody would. Have, you know, all the players were there at the time. You, you knew there was a, a massive club with a massive following, but you know where it's gone now with 
you know, arguably the best Premier League team that's ever been and players coming in to add to that as well, it, you know, it's unbelievable really. But you know, City have always been a, a special club and I think the fans deserve a little bit of success over that again. I know you, you're a hero in a lot of places, Darren, not least Norwich, for example, um, where, where you're an absolute legend. How do you rank your time at City compared to the other things that you've done in your career? Uh, I think at the time it was a, I think it was so important that we actually won the league and got back up and do it in style because, you know, I'm not sure if we'd have finished tenth in the league that you know, end up moving to the new stadium and you know they would end up being the juggernaut that is in the Premier League. So I think in the the history of the club, I think that was a pivotal t- time. You know, when Keegan coming in, it was all or nothing really, and I think that put the the club on the on the way to to the greenness. So. I think the players of that era and the players that are in that championship win team, you know, can look back and be, you know, pretty grateful that we got that chance to play in front of the city fans. I presume as a player who loved to run and, and had fantastic pace and loved to attack, and I know you loved playing for Kevin. It certainly looked to me that you loved playing for Kevin Keegan because of his philosophy. Would it be the same with Pep? Then would you? You know, this would be tailor made for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it's probably a bit more structured now. I think. Keegan kind of just got his players into positions and say go and go and, and go and do it. But you know, you watch, especially the, the city winners, whether it's Sterling, Mares, or Sane on the other side. You know, they're very structured the way we play, and because they've got two very good attacking midfielders behind them, normally De Bruyne and Silva, it gives them license to go and get at people. And I think we back then it was the same with kind of Bernabe and Berkovic. So you had the same kind of freedom to go and make things happen. So there is similarities, but obviously I think you know this team's way way ahead of that but at the time you know it was a pretty good team for City fans to watch I think yeah, no, no. Just looking at the, when you say um, the the pretty structured, the white certainly the white. I think that's all over the pitch. I think um, it's going to sound ridiculous, this, but sometimes when you watch them at the Etihad City, if they're not breaking through and not getting goals, it can sometimes be a little bit boring. If I if I dare say that, only because it becomes predictable, but it's predictably brilliant. That's that's the thing. And you you look, you know, watching the uh, the all or nothing, the the Amazon, the Amazon thing. He's literally saying when the ball is there. You wrote, you go there, and you go there, and that's how it. And that, but that just puts habits in, into into players' minds. You know, when you you know you're getting into a crossing position, you maybe don't have to look up because you, you the the centre forwards and midfield players that that's where they have they have got to go. And it, particularly um, when you look at the the Walker Sterling De Bruyne combination down on the right hand side, and it's Sane or whichever of the eighteen left backs we get we're going to use in, in silver. You, you, it, it does at times look very, very predictable, but the results are just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit difficult because, you know, Pep's had this before at Barcelona where near enough 90% of the teams come there to just defend and not get smashed a bit. So mm. sometimes it must be really frustrating as a player thinking, you know, go and attack, gives us a bit of space where we can do stuff. But, you know, when you get to that level, teams are just absolutely petrified of coming and playing against you. And, you know, what you've got to do is you've got to score first and then, then it kind of kills their game plan because then they've got to come out a little bit and that leaves space for Sonny and Sterling to get in behind or get in nice little areas. And with De Bruyne and Silva, you know, you've got players that can open up any defence in the world. So, like I say, it's frustrating, but perhaps seen it all before. He had exactly the same problem at Barcelona you know, seven or eight years ago and, you know, he, he managed to deal with that and I think he's building on that now with the players they've got. I don't know if he'll be ever as good as that Barcelona team, but they're not far off now, so you never know. Just had a, a text coming here to Excess Manchester from Richard Walker, who says, Darren Huckabee was one of my favourite players of that era so fast. Does he still drive that Subaru Impreza that I saw him <laughs> flying down to Main Road in? 
no, no, I had to get rid of that. The police, too many times, they, uh, tried to talk to me about slowing down, so I just got rid of it. It's not worth it in the end. You're not just being in around Manchester at the minute. You can't get anywhere around here, can you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, the my report, God. Because I said, the traffic's not changed much, has it? Yeah, well, it has. And, and to be honest, going back to the, the, the part of the Leon game, I think I, I honestly think that's half the problem. It, it, it is a Midweek games. It's a difficult, difficult place to get to, you know, and... and uh, <laughs> And, it, and like Dan said, it, it's it's money, and for, these these are the clubs have no divine right for players to, for fans to turn up and and watch. And I think they they, they have been brilliant, but there was probably less than forty thousand there for the Leon game. I I I would I would estimate, but it's uh, it is a lot of money. Even though there, there was some sort of discounts for the for the game, it's still a lot of money. But the the I mean, Mancunian way is just a, a joke. I mean, a couple of years ago we had holes in it and now it fell down <laughs> in it <laughs> yeah big so hole he's, and... he's pretty much the only way unless you're my taxi driver Mike who, who just he, he's got some ridiculous way he goes it takes about four and a half hours but he never stops uh, but it, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't really be late for a game should you if you're, if you're a special team and you know what the traffic's like there's no way Man United should come in 40 minutes for a kick off of the game Valencia made it but, didn't they having said that we, we used to get police escorts 30 years ago didn't we when, when we'd yeah. you know, go down to the Bell House at Beaconsfield, we've stayed for every single game. We'd, we'd always get a police escort to the game, so I don't understand what the what the problem is really, why they didn't do that. When we when we played at Bradford and, and got promoted, we got we got a police escort all, all the way down the hard shore of the M62. Listen, in a couple of minutes we've got left, Dan, I want to ask you about the Liverpool game. What, what, what are you thinking? Rodney Marsh spoke to us before and it, the way he was talking, he, he think he fancies Liverpool to win that, despite not wanting that to happen. How, how do you feel? Uh, it's going to be the game of your forward players, isn't it? That's the thing. If if Man City forward players are on it, they're, they're good enough to beat any 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 team. I'd be worried about Laporte playing left back, if I'm honest, against Sony. But I'm, I'm sure someone else will come in, whether it be Mende or you know somebody else will drop in there and probably try and mark Salah a little bit more. But it's, it's two great teams on a you know, Super Sunday. I don't think it gets much better than that. But you know, I think City will probably want to lay a marker after after what happened last season against. Liverpool in the game, so you know, it's an interesting game, and it's it's up to City to go and show Liverpool why they're the champions. If you had to nail your colours to the mast, Darren, who would you go for then? I think Man City win the game. Uh, I, I, I just think that you know they're in a, they're in a good place at the minute. Uh, De Bruyne maybe back on the bench will give everybody a lift. I'm not sure he'll be ready to play, but you know what a good sight that would be just him sitting there waiting to come on if needed. I just I just think Man City will, will you know. I won't say I have too much from him, but I think it'll be a close game. But I think probably uh, Aguero will nick something in, and that sets the rest of the season up, I think. Hope you're right, Darren. Uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on tonight. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Uh, but uh, nice to hear from you. Nice to uh, to talk to you. Uh, and hopefully you enjoy a City victory on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. It'll be great for you know, all the fans who you know, get one over on Liverpool because they will have the title challenges this season. So it's an important game. Absolutely. Cheers, Darren. Cheers, Darren. Cheers, cheers. Have a good night. Darren Uckby on Forever Blue, which is uh, normally a Tuesday but on a Wednesday. So that's pretty much it. Don't forget you can download the podcast. You can download a free app, uh, an Excess Manchester app, which gives you... It's a portal to everything, and it's a free app. But I will tweet out shortly uh, the podcast link. I'll get James on the case. He sometimes can be a bit slow, but hopefully I'll do it a bit quicker tonight. No, I'm joking. He's always very quick. <laughs> I'll get that out as soon as we can. I'll also put it on my Facebook page. Uh, and I'll be back next Tuesday um, between 6 and 7. Thanks a lot, Dave. No problem. David White. And um, that's it. See you next time. <laughs>